ho, everybody. It is Christmas time around the world and here on the Sun Coast, too. It's some different weather that we're experiencing right now, but things are expected to warm up here. Other places, probably not so much, but hope that you and yours are gathered around the fireplace with some hot chocolate, some gingerbread cookies, maybe even some eggnog, whatever it is you're doing to celebrate. But as long as you're together, that's all that matters. This is the ABC7 Sports In Between the Lines podcast. I am yours truly, the X Factor, Xavier McKnight. And I'm James Hill, and they say this is the best time of the year. Absolutely, and boy, has it been a time for us this week, James. Um, Cardinal Mooney's community celebration of their state championship, well-earned. A coaching change in Manatee County. Many of our young local high school football stars committing to their colleges, signing their national letters of intent. We're going to touch on all of that. But first, we got to get to what is happening in Tallahassee. Folks, if you've been hiding under a rock today, the Florida State University Board of Trustees voting earlier on Friday, December the 22nd. They are seeking legal action against the ACC, the Atlantic Coast Conference, to challenge the legality of the league's grant of rights and its $130 million withdrawal fee. Now, this is viewed as a necessary first step to plot the school's future and potential exit from the conference, the ACC, right? This is a 38-page document, the lawsuit filed in Leon County in Tallahassee. The university is alleging, quote, chronic fiduciary mismanagement and bad faith, end quote, in the way the ACC has handled its multimedia rights agreement and undermined its members' revenue opportunities. FSU is also accusing the ACC of breach of contract and failure to perform. The ACC also issuing a statement about Florida State's decision saying in part, Florida State's decision to file action against the conference is in direct conflict with their long-standing obligations and is a clear violation of their legal commitments to the other members of the conference. So once again, to clean all of this up for you guys, Florida State is suing the ACC over a grant of rights and withdrawal fee. And James, we first started to hear on Thursday, December the 21st, we first started to hear about closed-door meetings that were happening at Florida State in Tallahassee with the athletic staff, the board of trustees, the coaches of the different teams not not involved in this to my knowledge, but the board of trustees, closed-door meetings to discuss the school's athletics future. And we know that Florida State has been pondering to leave the ACC for quite some time now, at least for a year, but now it just seems inevitable. And you've been at this thing a lot longer than me. I just have to ask you, have you ever seen anything like this? Definitely not like this. And then when you look out west and where I grew up and you see the Pac-12, back in the days it was a Pac-10 and even before that it was a Pac-8, is dissolving, is dismantling. You know, so uh, UCLA can play Indiana at Poly Pavilion, and it's a regular season game. Who would have ever thought that? No, absolutely. And, folks, this is actually a historic moment for Florida State, too, because no school has ever challenged a grant of rights in court before. So this is unprecedented territory. And we will just have to continue to see how all of this is going to play out. And – 
this is all happening not too long after Florida State already had its gripes with the college football playoff committee for leaving them out of the college football playoff despite going undefeated in the ACC. They went in the direction of Alabama with a 10-1 record winning the SEC. They went in the direction of Texas going 10-1 winning the Big 12 Conference in dominant fashion in the Big 12 championship game. And Alabama beating the number one ranked Georgia Bulldogs who were the reigning defending two-time national champions and were on a 29-game win streak. We're not going to get into the gist of all of that once again. You guys already know where I stand stand on that you know where James stands on that but man this is a we're going to continue to keep you updated on the latest with what it is that we know about with what's happening with Florida State the more information that comes out but Florida State versus the ACC <laughs> let's get ready for the biggest storyline to start 2024 in the college athletics world very different very different I'll say this uh, FSU and Georgia will play in South Florida at the Orange Bowl. Uh, that should be a very interesting matchup, a very interesting game. But Florida State has a lot of people in-house, so to speak, who are not happy. No, absolutely not happy. And, James, I have to bring up this point, too, with everything that's happening with Florida State in the past few days. There is a young man right here on the Sun Coast who stars on our football fields. He's down in South County in Venice. You might know him as CL3. His legal name is Charles Lester III. And he signed his national letter of intent earlier this week to go to Florida State. He is expected to still go to Florida State. But I have to keep saying he's expected to go because there were some hints that were dropped earlier this week. I, I had a conversation with James late at night on Tuesday or Wednesday of this week. Very uncharacteristic of us to have talks this late. But I ran across something on Instagram that piqued my interest. Charles Lester III dropping a post saying the NIL money just came in. But from who? And he had a split picture of Florida State him in a Florida State jersey, and the University of Colorado with him in a Buffs jersey. And ironically enough, ladies and gentlemen, this young man who committed to Florida State back in July and had a whole commitment party at the R.L. Taylor Center here in Sarasota, crowd showed up, people in the Newtown community showed up in full force, he will be having another one of those types of ceremonies later on today, it now being December 23rd, 2023. And I honestly don't understand why he's doing this unless he just wants some more attention, which I'm not going to judge him for that. I'm not going to say anything negative about that. If you can come your way, have it come your way. But the fact that he's already committed to the school, he signed his NLI letter, I don't understand what the purpose for this is unless we're all in for a curveball. Yeah, he's a very interesting young man. Uh, when we uh, rewind and we go back to the summer, first and, first and foremost, let's set the stage. You're looking at a five-star student athlete. Uh, he's a lockdown defender, a cornerback, and he's the type of player that is so skilled – a lot of quarterbacks and teams don't even challenge him uh, in their game plan. They don't even give him any action. They just kind of stay away from that side of the field. Every blue moon, when they go to him, 
uh, he can go up and get it and run it back or, or change the dynamic of your defense. But make a long story short, he was at Sarasota Riverview High School. His senior year, he goes over to Venice High School, and they're competing for a state championship. They get all the way to the state championship game, and they lose to Lakeland uh, back-to-back 60-48. to So he was a piece that came over to uh, try to uh, win a state title. So he committed to uh, the Florida State University. And so now here we are uh, at the early signing day period, whereas you will sign as a student athlete and proceed to school in early January. The uh, issue is uh, he's basically had, he had an event last summer and it you didn't know if you were at a rock concert or where you were. It, it was very fascinating. Uh, there were pictures. His, his final four were Georgia, Alabama, Florida, uh, uh, Florida State. Florida State, Georgia, Alabama, he had Colorado. Now, we know what Prime is about, and we know he's from the area, from Florida, and he's one of the greatest cornerbacks of all time, right? And this gentleman plays quarterback in uh, CL3. So, I ran across him a couple times this week, and he said, hey, uh, I'm having an event on Saturday. Are you coming by? I said, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll come by, and uh, I need to talk to you. And uh, I couldn't find him. I was at the signing the other day, and and no shade, but he wasn't there when I needed to. I wanted an interview, right, to confirm. Uh, He did have on Florida State uh, T-shirt as well as shorts, and he was billed Florida State, right? So uh, he didn't. I wanted to hear him confirm that uh, that he was gonna go ahead and, and move forward and sign and go to Florida State. And it, not only me, but everybody on wants to know that. But make a long story short, he did not do that. But I saw him at Josiah's event, and he said, "Hey, are you coming by the community center on Saturday?" And I said, "Yes." And so uh, it will be interesting to see if, uh, if there's a so-called flip or if he stays with the Seminoles Nation. Uh, we're not sure, but uh, we said we would have some information for you late on Saturday night. Uh, it, it's mind-boggling. I'm not sure what he's going to do. So two things I have to say right here. First, you said Prime is one of the greatest cornerbacks of all time. If he's listening to this, he's going to have a problem with you saying that he's one of the greatest cornerbacks of all time. In Prime's mind, he is not only the greatest corner of all time, he doesn't understand why people even have him top five in defensive all-time player conversations because in his mind, he thinks they might have him ranked at number five. That tells you all you need to know about him. Prime, let me say this to you, my guy. Goat. Goat. I'll say that. Uh, you're the guy. You have the jacket. Goat. Um, but but this uh, CL3 is here in your backyard, and we're going to see what happens tomorrow. And something else I need to clean up here. Charles Lester III actually did not make the post on Instagram, ladies and gentlemen. This came from a page called on 3 recruits they made the post on instagram now charles lester the third did make a post on his twitter account at cl3 slime saying nli arrived so it wasn't nil money let me clean that up as well it was nli national letter of intent arrived but from what university with the eyes emoji so there are still plenty of questions that are being asked with this rightfully so 
But just wanted to clean up that this came from on three recruits. On three recruits also posting the split picture of Charles Lester III in the Florida State jersey and the Colorado jersey. The same two pictures that we saw when we went out for his ceremony earlier in the summer. So we are going to continue to keep you updated on the latest with that. And any other collegiate signings that are happening here. Let's get into some more of those collegiate signings, should we? Let's start with Booker High School. A historic day for the Booker High School football program. A historic day for Josiah Booker and his family. James, I had an opportunity to talk to Josiah Booker a couple of weeks ago when Booker was still fighting in the high school playoffs. We know about the great run that they went on and he told me that he was coming close to making his decision but he wouldn't tell me any of the schools well we know now that he is signing an early letter of intent with central michigan university and he is the first player in the history of the booker high school football program to be an early collegiate enrollment what a remarkable accomplishment phenomenal accomplishment uh great young man a humble young man a hard worker uh, had an opportunity to meet his mother and his family was out there. Uh, it, just a great family, and, and you could tell they really, really are pulling for him, and they, they've, they've poured into him, and now it's his turn to go off to college and do what he has to do in terms of the education and also the, uh, the football. Now, one other thing to drive home, uh, down at Venice, there's a gentleman by the name of Jaden Glasser who's a quarterback, and he has decided to take his talents to CMU. So you have a Suncoast-based quarterback from Venice, and you also have Josiah Booker, who is a uh, kick return, a wide out, uh, slot. He can do it all. Speed. You have both of those two gentlemen headed to the Chippewas, and that should be interesting. In other words, folks, your Saturdays just became more must-see in 2024. Speaking of more must-see moments, let's uh, go to Palmetto and Manatee here. Let's start with Manatee. Raheem Sexel, one of their star defensive backs, making his commitment and his signing official on earlier this week on Wednesday. He will be going to Florida International University to become a Panther. But... He's got a new teammate that's coming there as well, who is an old rival right here on the Sun Coast. Palmetto quarterback Clayton Dees, he is also headed to FIU. So once again, folks, you got two more reasons now to tune in to college football on Saturdays starting next year. Very interesting. There's a lot of young men around here uh, who are uh, really working hard and they want to take their talents to the next level. If we go over to Cardinal Mooney High School, Cardinal Mooney Catholic High School, they've had a, a phenomenal uh, period uh, as of late as they went up into Tallahassee and captured the state championship. Uh, they had two gentlemen over there who signed uh, letters of intent. Uh, one gentleman uh, headed to uh, uh, Gainesville, and the other gentleman decided to uh, do something differently at the last minute. Uh, and, and we call it uh, a flip. Uh, tell us about that. Yes. So Teddy Foster, he is continuing to go to the University of Florida, as James said. I had no doubt that Teddy would continue to be a Gator. I mean, it's much bigger than just the school itself for him. His sister recently graduated from the University of Florida as well. So deep family ties there with that. But, folks, if you remember over the summer, it was actually my very first story as your sports executive producer here at ABC7, Zamarian Lang. 
the star two-way defensive back and wide receiver for Cardinal Mooney. Spent his first three years at Palmetto High School. Came to Cardinal Mooney for his senior year. I told you over the summer that he was committed to the University of South Carolina. And I'm going to touch a little more on this particular story in a moment, but I just want to get into a little of it just to tell you where I'm going with this. So I was out at the Cardinal Mooney High School community celebration on Tuesday, and I saw Mr. Lang when the ceremony concluded. And I heard Coach Jarrett Clark say during his speech during the ceremony, James, that they are so proud to have two students who will be signing their national letters of intent on tomorrow. Teddy Foster going to the University of Florida. He's going to become a Gator. And Zamarian Lang is making his collegiate commit, his collegiate signing as well. And when he said that, that perked my ears up. Because I'm like, well, well, wait a minute. He's already committed to the University of South Carolina unless. So I actually ran into Mr. Lang after things were over. And I asked him, I said, you know, just between you and I. And I can reveal this information now because the decision has been made official. Just between you and I, are you still going to the University of South Carolina? Are you still going to be a Gamecock? And he simply said, nah. But he said it in a way that it wasn't like there were any hard feelings. He was actually laughing when he said it to me. And I just simply said, okay. And the number one thing I knew at that point, I'm like, okay, we definitely have to be here tomorrow morning for this because he he's obviously flipping his commitment. But what we found out on Saturday morning is he's not going to be a Gamecock. He's actually going a lot further north. He is headed to Ohio. He's going to be a University of Toledo Rocket. Now, as far as why he made this decision, he told us that he is going where his heart is is leading him and he is more than excited to get to Ohio and get to work. And one of his goals for his season in 2024 is to be a freshman all American. Well, I'll say this in fairness to everyone. Uh, when you select, and you know this, when you select a college campus and a university, you're looking for uh, the players call it that home field. You're looking for an environment where they have the major that you want, right? You need that. And guys want to be in a, a situation where they feel like they can get to play. Uh, you know, and, and when you're going to the SEC, the cream of the crop, and the Big Ten, and, and even the Big 12, and the PAC, and, and, and these Power Five, so to speak, you have to be on top of your game. And that's no disrespect to Mr. Lang because – we know what we can do. What we know what he can do. We've seen him run the ball back and do his thing, lockdown defender. And you know, then there's uh, there's uh, the collective. There's monies involved. There's different moving parts, and I'm just not sure why. But I guess he felt like that was the best thing for him to do at this time. Yes, so we will definitely continue to keep you updated on any more signings that are happening at Cardinal Mooney and any more of our areas. One more signing that we have to tell you about, and this one's near and dear to me. Of course, you know, I'm an HBCU grad, as you guys have heard me say time and time here on this, po on, on this podcast, this platform, as well as our television platform as well. Braxton Thomas, the quarterback at Riverview High School, he is going to North Carolina A&T. Of course, I would have liked for him to, you know, head up to 
good old low country Savannah, Georgia, and put on that orange and blue. But I'll take him putting on that blue and yellow because he's going to a good school. He's going to a beautiful campus. He's going to a rich program with a lot of football history, and they're going to take care of him up there, James. Yeah, Aggie Pride, uh, North Carolina A&T. Uh, it, it's a beautiful campus from what I hear. Uh we know about the success they've had over the years. They've changed conferences. He'll get a top-notch education. He'll have an opportunity to play. They've had a coaching change and some players change out. Uh, so he'll be able to go in with a fresh start. He's a freshman and go in and learn things and, and, and come up the right way. Um, I will say this. Down at Venice, uh, Jace Barksdale is a uh, slot receiver. He decided to take his talents to uh, Murray State University. There's also another gentleman there who decided to, Chris Lee, uh, he said he would go to Eastern Kentucky because he wants to play linebacker, and uh, they're giving him an opportunity there. He said if he goes elsewhere, they might put him in a secondary and, and, and have him play DB all the way back, um, corner or what have you, but... He wants to uh, test his skills at linebacker, so he's going to Eastern. So, once again, folks, we will continue to keep you updated on the latest. There will be more signings happening in our area in February on the actual National Letter of Intent Day in February. We've already been told by multiple coaches, hey, we're going to have multiple players signing here. We're not sure who they're going to be yet, but we and our crews and our team members here at ABC7 will be on tap. Before we segue into the next segment, I do want to say something, though. James, when I was at the Cardinal Mooney celebration on Tuesday, I got to go into Cardinal Mooney's locker room for the first time. And uh, the players in that locker room, they serenaded me with so much love, handshakes, hugs, glad to see us there, glad to see me there, glad to see our teammates Sterling Kaplan there. And as much as you guys appreciate us, I just have to also echo this sentiment. We appreciate you guys, too. We don't get to do what we do if you don't allow us into your house, per se, your locker room, your football field, your basketball court, your tennis court, all, whatever sport it is you play. We don't get to do what we do. We don't get to tell your stories unless you, your coaches, your schools, and your families allow us to. And James and I, we've been at this ABC7 Sports Department now. We're going on close to six months. December 31st, not, not December 31st, January will officially make six months that we have been working at this ABC7 Sports Department. And being able to tell these local stories, getting to see these kids compete, getting to know them as people, getting to know some of their families to help tell these stories too. It's truly been a blast. It's been a joy. And we look forward to doing this so much more in 2024. We hear so much now, many people who say, well, this generation of kids, this this generation of kids, that the kids that we have been able to work with in this community have been nothing short of awesome. So thank you guys for being awesome kids. And thank you, parents, for raising awesome kids. Definitely. Uh, the young men and young women we've come across are hardworking, uh, they're mannerable, and they're good students. Uh, everything is yes, sir, uh, no, sir. They're personable, and you can tell that they really go out and they work hard. You know, a couple times uh, when Booker got on the bus and I did some stories and they pulled off, I said, I don't know. I'm, on the inside, I'm kind of worried. 
and they went over. To, all they did was go over to Lake Mead, knock them out of the playoffs, leave them there, get back on the bus, and come back. And then they came back. They practiced on Thanksgiving, and then they said, hey, we're going down to Inglewood, and we're going to do it again. And they did just that. So, guys, once again, we want to just say thank you so much for the love that you've given us and that you continue to give us and just allowing us to be able to come out and share your stories with the community. And what I hope in turn is also happening for you guys when you go out in public, you guys and girls in the community, I hope that there are people coming up to you in stores, malls, grocery stores, wherever it is that you are, and they're giving you a high five, a pat on the back, a hug, a handshake, a fist bump, whatever it is, and telling you to keep going and to keep your head above the clouds and to keep soaring because you guys are representing this community in the best way that you possibly can. And we cannot be happier about that. Definitely. Uh, student athletes are, are really looked at as leaders. Uh, they represent the schools. You know, the first thing you see is their chest. It says Manatee or Sarasota High. You know, so when you see someone like that, you're looking for the best and they're giving us the best. They're really working hard, working on their grades. And uh, we, we got the opportunity to cover some people who are uh, moving on to college, and they take this thing very seriously. So kudos to them. Now, as we were talking about Braxton Thomas, James mentioned with the North Carolina A&T program that there's been a coaching change. Well, there's also been a coaching change right here on the Sun Coast in the past 48 hours, one that we did not necessarily see coming. As James and I were going about our day on Thursday, doing the stories mainly about these college signings that are continuing to happen, we got some breaking news from a very, 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 very reliable source. And I mean, the source can't get more reliable than this. We learned that Mr. Kurt Bradley is leaving Braden River High School after 12 years as the lead man at the helm to take the job at Southeast High School as their head coach. This program, this Southeast program, you guys know this because we've said it on TV. We've said it here on this podcast platform. They have not been in a good way for the past couple of years. They went winless this season. They ended up parting ways with Coach Timmons. I believe that was a mutual parting of ways. But they just have not been able to get it together and they made a splash of a hiring like this. I, I, I'm i still kind of shaken up by this whole thing, James, to be quite honest with you, because when I was at Manatee High School on Wednesday for Raheem Sexel signing to Florida International, I was hearing some of the coaches talk about potential candidates who may be hired for the Southeast job, but that was not one of the names that came up. So, man. To, to Mr. Kitchy, the athletic director, kudos to you, sir, because one of the things that he told me over the summer, James, is that he will work tirelessly to get every one of the sports in the athletics program at Southeast back to a level of dominance that they once knew. That's true. Uh, on, I want to say on Monday night, I covered the uh, Southeast versus Palmetto. Palmetto girls varsity was at Southeast. And then the next day, Southeast, the boys varsity team was at Booker. And the athletic director was right there on hand 
with his orange shirt on, and he was in the house, so to speak. And, and, and again, he's active, and, and he really, really wants what's best for Southeast. Uh, it's going to be very interesting because that program it has a lot of success in the past, and uh, I think they brought in a guy who can take them back there. Yeah, if you ever see Mr. Kitchy out at these games, he's not going to be very hard to forget or very hard to spot or recognize. He has an energy to him that is very similar to that as the owner of the Los Angeles Clippers in the NBA, Mr. Steve Ballmer. I've seen this for myself out at football games in particular, some other sporting events, but especially at football games. He wears his emotions on his sleeve as a seminal alumnus. He is a graduate of the high school, so that's already a step in the right direction too, James. He's in year two as the athletic director of the program. They have somebody there who cares about the school. And I want to preface this by saying, I'm not saying that his predecessor, the previous athletic director, did not care about the school. I don't know that for a fact. So I'm not going to put those types of accusations on anyone. But I know that Mr. Kitchy cares about the school because I sat across from him in his office over the summer and I just saw how filled with seminal pride he is. There's something to say about those who... Uh our alumni have, have experienced it, and now they're coming back home, so to speak. Uh, they understand, they live it, and they feel it on a whole different level. And, and he's that guy. Uh, he's back at the high school that he attended, so uh, he's going to be okay. And listen, I had a chance to talk to Coach Bradley on Thursday afternoon as well, and he says that he has no hard feelings towards anyone at Braden River, the school itself, no ill will at all. He is very appreciative of his time with the Pirates. He's very appreciative of the opportunity that he was given 12 years ago. He did not come in as an assistant. He came in directly as a head coach, and he turned that program around. Braden River at one point was a very lowly program. I know they missed the postseason this past season, but they competed very hard in a lot of these games. They were just one game off from honestly being able to get into the playoffs. So one more victory and you would have saw the Pirates in the postseason. Now we're unsure if his entire staff is going to be coming with him to Southeast, that meaning Coach Bradley. We're going to continue to keep you updated on the latest with that, but he's very appreciative and full of gratitude for his time at Braden River and everyone there. And he's very, very excited to get to work at Southeast High School. The one thing he told me when I asked him, you know, what's the message to the guys that are in that locker room now? He said, let's get to work. And one other thing, uh, when you think about classifications in high school football news, uh, the FHSAA has decided to uh, come up with their latest uh installment of classifications so they're basically going back to the way things were a couple years ago they've put in uh two years going forward right the uh the 24-25 academic year and the 25-26 year uh so basically here on the sun coast uh you look at 7a and you see the riverview rams sarasota high school sailors northport bobcats and Venice Indians are all 7A, Region 2, District 8. There's no more metro or suburban or rural, if you will. And uh, so far, this is set in stone, but I'm sure 
uh, the teams can challenge it or have some kind of input. Um, we did see Northport uh, as they went independent over the last couple years. It'll be interesting to see if they stay in the 7A because the 7A is very competitive. Even though North Northport played really well, uh, that's no shade to them, uh, Coach, and, and they really played well, but it's going to be interesting. And there's also some other teams in the area. What's well, also going to be interesting to me, you look at Sarasota High also being in this district now as well, and they're coming off of uh, what I would call a dismal 2023 season, and we're unsure with, as far as we know, the head coach is safe. But there easily could be a change that happens at any given time if the school wants to go in a direction. We know that hirings and firings can happen at any time in any industry. So it's going to be interesting to see what this does for them having to go up more against a Riverview and a Venice. These are teams they were already seeing anyway. But like you said, James, it's going to get harder because there are even more better teams that are in this same region as well. Yeah, and these teams on the Sun Coast, even though they're in different uh, classifications, what they'll do is they'll play each other during the year, just during the season, during their, their games, during their schedule. And then when it's time to go to district, uh, whoever wins those respective districts move on in those particular classifications as they're trying to get to a Tallahassee or wherever the state championship may be. And in this case, uh, last year we saw Cardinal Mooney have a great season uh, since 1972. Yes, first time since 1972. And, you know, let's finish up here with these uh, classifications, if we will, because we got a lot to say about 1972 here in just a second. But for the 6A here on the Sun Coast, we have Palmetto, Lakewood Ranch, Leonard from Ruskin, and even Gateway. Fort Myers, they are all Region 3, District 11. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out for Palmetto and Lakewood Ranch going forward. In 5A, District 9, Region 3 football, that includes Manatee, uh, Braden River, Parish Community High School Bulls, and you bring in Pinellas Park uh, out of Largo. So now you may have to go across the Skyway to play a football game they have to come across the Skyway as well. And, James, I got to tell you, I think this is going to be one of the better uh, districts to watch as well. Manatee, Braden River, and Parrish. Braden River was on the outside looking in. Now, we have to see what's going to happen with the future of the program now that Coach Bradley is no longer the man in charge. We have to see who it is that they're going to hire there. But Manatee and Parrish were both playoff teams this year, and we already saw Parrish knocking on the door. You know how I feel about Parrish. I feel like they could honestly be – potentially Venice, Venice's Manatee County's version of Venice High School one day. They, the way that that program was in 2021 to where they were built up to in 2023 to 2022 to where they went in 2023, I think it only gets better in 2024. But Coach Green and what they're doing in Manatee right now, I'd have to say that they're the kings of the county. They're good. Uh, they have everything. It has that... Uh it looks like a movie when you go over there. It has that feel. They have the stadium. It's tucked away cozy in a neighborhood. Uh, they have the players. They have the environment. And they're really good. So uh, that's going to be an interesting team to watch. Now, in 3A football teams in the new District 11, Region 3, they include uh, Booker High School, who we know with, the, with Josiah Booker and the Tornadoes, uh, Gibbs uh, out of St. Petersburg, you bring them in. Uh, Bayshore, 
who you're very familiar with, Mr. Judge. Uh, he had he was a speedster, and then uh, Boca from Gulfport. So that should be interesting. And for Cardinal Mooney, I think this really plays up into their favor, at least for 2024. The 2A region, three district nine: Cardinal Mooney, Lakewood out of St. Petersburg, and Tarpon Springs. It's going to be very interesting what ends up happening there. Speaking of Cardinal Mooney, as I told you, there was a community celebration earlier this week, and it was cold outside. I'm not going to sit there and lie to you. It, it was cold out there, James. Uh, Sterling and I, we were freezing out there. Uh, at one point, I was I was testing to see, okay, at what point are we going to get to a point that the temperature drops low enough that I'm going to blow my breath out here and I'm going to be able to see the effects of it. That started happening around 7 o'clock or so, but there were lots of hot chocolate and cookies for everybody on hand. People dressed warm for the most part. A beautiful, beautiful celebration of what was a very, very great team this year. And I also had a chance during our 7 p.m. newscast to speak to members of the 1972 team. And, James, those guys are just filled with so much pride. Definitely. uh, That team is special. Uh, I did see uh, one of those gentlemen in particular and, and a few of them. They were on site up in Tallahassee. So they came up there, they made the trek up there, and uh, what a remarkable thing they were able to do. And it's been, what, 51 years as uh, this particular team with Teddy Foster and Zai Lang and and Carson Beach, and these guys will go down in history. They've already made history. They won states. And uh, Coach of the Year, uh, he's a quality coach. Uh, he played at Notre Dame. Uh, he's he's back home. Uh, Coach Clark, a great guy, and just a, a great community team. A great uh, environment. It's a close knit. It's a small campus. Um, they really care about those students over there. The fans are right on top of you. They get behind it. It's, they have a great game day atmosphere. And listen, as I said in my package, this could be the tipping point of as far as motivational factors for other sports teams at the school, you see a team getting to have a celebration like that, you see that it's like, I want that too. So I expect to see even more dominance by the other sports at Cardinal Mooney. They're already good anyway in almost every single sport that they have, but I expect this to really take it up a notch. Yeah, and when I think about Venice – Um, I would say unfinished business. Uh, They had a phenomenal year. It just did not end the way they wanted to. They got all the way to the uh, final game, and they played a rematch against Lakeland. And in the first half, things were going good. Once you got into the third quarter, there were some flags and some different penalties and things like that, and it just didn't work out in their favor. Um, but, you know, they've had some gentlemen who are going off to college and some other gentlemen who will get scholarships and sign letters of intent in February. And they're still a program, but they're turning over a lot of people on that roster. So Peacock uh, and that staff down in Venice, they have some work to do to put another team together next year, just like everyone else does. Um, Booker has some turnover. All the teams do, right? Uh, Cardinal Mooney with Mr. Lang and Mr. Foster moving on. Uh, You can see Teddy in the swamp up at UF. That should be interesting. 
Uh, it, 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 there's some good football around here. And there, shout out to Riverview, too. Yes, most definitely some great football around here, folks. And, you know, at the end of the day, the most important thing is not necessarily the wins and losses that happen on the field. It's these student athletes, no matter what sport they play, becoming better people, better citizens in our community, better leaders, and taking the next step forward with their education or whatever it is that they want to do with their lives in a positive way. That's the most important thing. Hey, listen, we're getting ready to get up out of here, folks. As we said to begin this thing, hope you're snuggled up by the fireplace, got your hot chocolate, your gingerbread cookies, your eggnog. Even though all of that stuff is good, I'm ready to get home and see my folks and get some macaroni and cheese and some turkey and some greens. I don't care if it's a turnip green or a collard green. I'm just ready for that. And, um, you know, just some good old family time. How about that? Happy holidays. We will see you soon. I'm the X Factor Xavier McKnight, folks. And I'm James Hill. Happy holidays to you and yours. We will see you next time.